0: hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of joe blogs about films whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener like i state on every episode it means the world thank you so much for clicking for spinning for sharing whatever it is thank you so so much now this will be my last review before christmas of course i hope everyone has a very very merry christmas and we will be returning next week in fact with a review or rather going over my favorite films of 2023 and this film that we're Talking about today has instantly gone straight in there because my goodness, it is good to be coming back to talk positively about a cinema trip again. Godzilla minus one has finally reached UK shores, having been released in Japan in November, and I have been so excited and itching for a chance to see the big G Man himself once again stomp on the big screen. This was like the best early Christmas present as the film. It's absolutely staggering, with a very moving yet brilliant story, as well as brilliant practical and visual effects, it has roared its way up the list of my favourite Godzilla movies. Produced by Toho Studios and written and directed by Takashi Yamazaki, the film has been met with absolute praise, which prior to the film being released in the UK, this had me oh so excited and jealous that I hadn't seen this movie yet but it was so worth the wait as it really did blow me away, especially when you realise the film was made on a budget of around $15 million. Now, the last update I saw that it had earned around $65.3 million from the box office, which is absolutely fantastic, and it really seems to have connected with audiences worldwide. And again, this is brilliant, considering that it isn't a Western depiction of the character. And it was quite funny prior to this film starting, as we got to see the trailer for the next Godzilla and Kong film, which that was my first time seeing that on the big screen. Of course, we've seen it land online, but to see it on the big screen was a different thing altogether. And yes, I do have a lot of thoughts about the next installment and where that franchise and universe is heading, but it really did make me ponder about how much I just miss a straight-up monster flick solely containing Godzilla. We can laugh and we can make jokes about the 1998 Tri-Star film, but I will take that any day of the week over where we've gotten with the Monsterverse, it seems. But seeing that trailer for Godzilla and Kong to then watch this two-hour epic, it again just stressed this feeling of missing a really good solo Godzilla film. Now, obviously, for me, Gareth Edwards nailed it with his legendary release in 2014, and I really think that Takashi Yamazaki has put his G-film right at the top as well. And for me, it's almost neck and neck with what Edwards did in 2014. Now, the film has many influences, obviously ranging from the 1954 Godzilla film, the original that is. Obviously, there's Godzilla, Mothra and King Ghidorah from 2001 and a sprinkle of Jaws from 1975 in there. Takashi Yamazaki has created something so special and it's instantly made it one of the best films of the year for me. But before we do proceed, obviously, and hear me gush even more about this film, the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to RSS.com. Jump onto the socials as well, give us a like and a follow on there, searching Joe Blogs About Films into Instagram and Facebook. If you could, too, hit the notification button wherever it is that you listen to this podcast from, That'd be grand. And finally, leave us a review. Five-star forces, whatever it is, that'd be tip-top. The disgraced kamikaze pilot Koichi Shikoshima returns home from World War II, building a new family with Noriki and the orphaned baby Akiko. Together, they try to survive as Godzilla rampages through the still-recovering city. I think taking the setting back to post-World War II was a really really smart creative decision because it allowed to create a really thoughtful and moving story about the people of Japan and how they are trying to recover from the destruction caused by the war. It's also a great move because then it allows a further deep dive into the lead protagonists and their situation on the back of the war. I would say that the film seems to have stripped everything back to the basics needed to make a good Godzilla film and that's not me saying it's a simple premise far far from it the film packs in so much emotion on top of the Godzilla action that you genuinely connect to these characters and their journeys I just mean when comparing to what we've currently got going on with the monsterverse you know within legendary this is so stripped back and a far 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 superior film than everything past, obviously, Gareth Edwards' 2014 release. And it feels like this is the classic Godzilla story of old. It does heavily centre around the humans and the repercussions of war, but it's done in such a brilliant way of bringing people together to fight to save their home. I thought the leads in this film, Ryunosuke Kamiki and Minami Hamabe, they were a joy to watch together on screen. It's not like they're a couple or anything like that, I mean... It evolves to that but they are literally just plonked together on the back of the events of the war once kamiki's character koichi has returned home from the war it's also worth noting that the little orphan girl akiko which is who is played by sai nagatan who's been adopted by hamabi's character that she was really really great very sweet very innocent and just another victim of the devastation of war that has been brought up surrounded by loss i thought the dynamic of this entire family this trio was the beating heart of the film and you absolutely do not want anything to happen to them during the course of this film godzilla can be standing on whoever and whatever just don't stand on these three characters please and thank you and I will get to the to the big G-Man in a second, but I just want to stick with the characters for a little bit longer. The human side of a Godzilla film is usually met with its critics, and I do understand this, considering that most of them we've seen the last few years have been highly forgettable characters. But you can't say that about these characters. Even the most die-hard anti-human character in a monster flick, they can't deny or argue against that these people in the film are so well-developed and actually bring something to the table in the two-hour runtime. I found Kamiki fascinating to watch throughout. His character, Koichi, he's a, he was or is a kamikaze pilot in the war and essentially, you know, he left his mission and the war out of fear and wanting to live. And it's then the journey afterwards for him that is performed exceptionally well. Not only does he skip his orders, but he's also one of the few that actually witness Godzilla's destruction very early on, which only adds more to his weight of guilt. Throughout, we know he's suffering from PTSD on the back of obviously not only the war, but this encounter with the giant kaiju, and it's how he is trying to do better and forgive himself. There's an awful lot of survivor's guilt in this film, and not just from Koichi, but everyone who has survived in this community have all lost something koichi isn't exactly welcomed back with open arms as people they know in this community that he was a kamikaze pilot therefore you shouldn't be here you should have done your bit and maybe none of this destruction would have happened which is why the film is so captivating so enthralling to watch seeing koichi go from this broken man to becoming a father figure and a family man looking after the people that are in need and that's something that continues throughout protect the people he cares for most it was a really powerful and deep message within there and also a really thought-provoking script to see the aftermath of war and how that affected people, something that I thought the film handled superbly. Now let's talk about the main man himself. He's the one who knocks. He is the force to be reckoned with, Godzilla. Holy moly, This Godzilla was a ferocious beast. Kudos to the team as well for having Godzilla as an actual villain, and not just a misunderstood anti-hero that's here to bring balance to nature. No, this Godzilla will destroy and do as he pleases. There were a lot of similarities I felt to that grounded and moody approach of Gareth Edwards' 2014 flick, and as well that Godzilla doesn't get an awful amount of screen time. Definitely more so, I would say, than Edwards' release, but... It was the perfect amount that you were you were left wanting more, granted, yet you couldn't stop replaying the sequences of Godzilla over and over in your head. I know I've banged on the drum of how this has shot straight up the list of favourite Godzilla films for me, but man alive, the sequences were so memorable. Writer and director Takashi Yamazaki wastes no time in getting him on the screen, and good heavens was the intro for Godzilla Wild. Some of the camera angles here were phenomenal and such a joy. Godzilla would be reaching down and snapping people up in its jaws, and we'd track with the beast as it flung the poor soul across the island, and the camera would then track back down to view the other men who were trying to avoid death at the hands of this beast. It was just brilliant. So up and down and worked so well, creating that fear and panic that the men would be going through as this monster just tears through their camp honestly such a good intro to his character but the film honestly is made up of these excellent moments There's sequences that that's been used in the trailer where Godzilla is chasing a wooden boat that our heroes are on in the sea and it looks just stunning I I love the Jaws vibe that the film ran with here in these moments of having these men on the boat at sea as they are taking out sea mines left from the war. Again, a brilliant, brilliant dynamic seeing these guys on the boat, but Godzilla popping up and chasing them, that... <laughs> That's peak cinema for me this year. I'm not even kidding. That was tremendous. The effects in the sequence are absolutely staggering. Surely, surely this shot alone of seeing his head in the water and dorsal plates sticking out surely cost the entire budget. I mean, if this was a Marvel film or anything like that, it definitely would have been. It just looked so real. And Godzilla design in this film is really top-notch. I love how his dorsal plates are all jaggy and sharp and not really in any formation. Gives off that real sea creature vibe. Added as well that his body is so jaggy and almost it looks like ash, which could be a nice nod to its origin roots with the atomic bomb, this and that. But I honestly couldn't get enough of the creature's design and how it was a case of less is more. We, of course, get to see Godzilla from top to bottom in the film, but I do love when we only get to see things like a foot stamping down through the city or seeing trains and cars or whatever on the streets be flung around from a corner as the beast weighs through. It's just stuff like this and that that really helps build and form the idea and concept that this monster is a real beast, a real beast. And Godzilla is certainly that and then some in minus one even his atomic breath was a stunner like an actual atomic blast you get hit with this thing you are cooked end of that is it i think each time the atomic breath and blast went off my eyes would just widen in the cinema like your jaw just slowly drops at the sheer power that it has wonderful wonderful stuff added as well that the design of having those dorsal plates pop up out of his tail and up his spine as he charges the atomic breath up and we see the blue color emerge from the plates was oh it was a chef kiss of an addition to the design and i would absolutely love to see more of this version of the creature on the big screen But overall, this film was just simply excellent. If you've not guessed already, I think it was excellent. It had such a deep and rich story of personal trauma, as well as bringing people together following the devastating events of World War II, people becoming leaders and learning from their previous mistakes or errors, building them and moulding them to who they are, which enables them again to work together to take down this new threat and take ownership of their mistakes and past choices pushing them to do better and greater. It's a tremendous story that packs in so, so much, and I loved every minute of this film. It is a solid 10 out of 10 for me, Godzilla Minus One. Really, really excellent. So glad as well that I got to see it around the festive period just before, I say, the end of the new year. I really am chuffed. I think it is such a great, great release, one that I can't wait to own again, one that I can't wait to rewatch, and I would absolutely love it if they made a series of films on the back of this one. I think it was absolutely top, top top-notch. Credit to the team. Really, really excellent. But if you've seen Godzilla Minus One, do let me know. Get in touch. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. What are your favourite Godzilla films? Is this now your favourite Godzilla film? All of that. Just get in touch. And we can have a chit-chat about Godzilla and Kong. Why not, eh? But as always, thank you so much for listening. As I stated at the start, I hope you have a lovely Christmas. I'll be back before the end of the year going over my top favourite films of 2023. But until then... Take care.